What is going on, Tecmo team? Andy with the Tecmo Bros coming back at you. And it is Friday. It is the end of your work week, hopefully. And we are going to talk about some sweet preseason questions that have yet to be answered that are storylines that we're still paying attention to. Ben, how are you this afternoon? Doing fantastic, Andy, man. Here, ready to pod, ready to get into an argument uh, on the show today. I, I really want to get after somebody. Let's see if it happens. All right. Tyler, you ready to argue? I'm ready to argue, but before we argue, can I say what a game last night? That was so exciting. Oh my gosh. Woo. I was oh, on man. the edge of my seat, and then they finally won. The whole time. The whole time. Uh, so I'm just going to, you know, the excitement is palpable. I definitely think that uh, Tyler here needs to start. Uh, what is what is it like we're doing preseason storylines as to questions that we still don't have answers to that we want to try to provide some clarity for so Tyler what's your first storyline yeah so my first question is is there a wide receiver for the Giants um right now I have no idea last week Sterling Shepard caught a 65 yard touchdown um, Kenny Galladay is one of the highest play, paid wide receivers in the league. Wondell Robinson was drafted in the second round. Kadarius Toney was drafted in the first round. And there seems to be no consistency with each storyline of who should be catching or doing what. Um, so I'm looking to see uh, what happens. Is there any value? Because I think you could literally get any of them for very little value, with the exception of probably Kadarius Toney. But even that is not super expensive. And uh, I'm looking for like things like that. The reason I'm asking this question is because the things that can help you win leagues and the, the, the trades that you can make, it's the guys that are in these ambiguous situations that then rise that can really give you a lot of value later in the year. Yeah, it, it's the, the Richie James, we talked about him on Wednesday. Uh, he led the team in targets. And then I don't think anybody else had more than four. Uh, and Richie James had six. So it's just, it's a, it's a whole mess of a situation. I think we said that Saquon is the only guy worth, worth owning uh, on that team. But um, I know that Ben specifically, I want to ask you, you were very high on Wandale coming out of the draft. Uh, do you think he is able to separate himself from the pack or is this going to be a whole conglomerate all year that you want nothing to do with? I think that Wandale um, ultimately think I think he's going to get kind of a hybrid sort of role. There's going to be some jet sweeps. They're going to throw him a couple screens a game. He's going to be more of a slot guy. Think a uh, a quicker version of like a Hunter Renfro, maybe a little more big playability there versus just seven yard outs and ins. Um, and I think that that's more Wandale's future, um, at least this year. And so I, I don't think he's going to kind of establish himself as a go-to guy. As far as the Giants go, I, I still think Tony would probably be the best bet. Um, but really, if you are trying to own a Giant and it's not Saquon, uh, get a new strategy. Yeah, um, I'm kind of with you there. Real fast. But, yes, you're not trying to start him. But who are you stashing, right? I mean, Kadarius Tony or anybody like that. But, like, for me – and, and just kind of speak to, like, I'm trying to find these ambiguous situations. Is this even – you're saying this is one not to touch. I, I'm not sure that I trust Danny Jones enough to 
see a guy who's not clearly super talented really arise. Um, and I, yeah, I, I think the quarterback position is still kind of up in the air. Danny Jones had a lost a fumble again, like he does seems every single game. And I just don't think he was that good. And so I, I just don't think he's going to be able to consistently deliver the ball to any of those wideouts. Uh, this is a situation where I would kind of stay away. I'd be more interested to see who do I think can kind of pop alongside like Trevor Lawrence versus Daniel Jones. I do like that. Trevor Lawrence looked good in his game on Sunday. So tell that final drive when he's checked it up. Well, but yeah, other than that, yes. That that's that second year growing pain still. Like that's that's things you'll learn as you get uh, into the league here. But uh, Ben, number two. Yeah, the one for me is uh, is Cordero for real for real. Like, is this dude gonna get twenty plus carries? Like, I I never anticipated that there would be a game where Cordero Patterson had over twenty carries, and he looked fantastic um, on those twenty carries. There was a lot of burst. He was moving guys. He's hitting the hole hard. Like he looked awesome. Um, I sold the Cordero stock that I owned in a league. And I'll tell you what, I missed him on Sunday. Uh, I sold him as a part of a package to get JK Dobbins, who I'm really high on. And I, I'm wondering, like, did was I was I dumb? Right. Should I have seen like if he could repeat what he did last year? We gotta remember this guy was a, a running back one. And guess what? He was running back one again on Sunday. Is is Cordell Patterson really at the age of 31 just kind of establishing himself as an awesome running back? I I don't know. I want to see what continues to happen there. But, man, that would be really fun. I, I hope that Cordero is for real and runs for 1,400 yards this year. So I think Cordero is going to be for real, for real for the first, like, six games. And then we might start seeing a little bit of that wear and tear. Again, you said he's 31. There may just be some wear and tear. That's just he's going to slow down. Maybe this is me just speculating. Uh, So I don't think you selling him for J.K. Dobbins was a bad thing. I mean, obviously, you secured your backfield's future. Um, But I I think he's going to start strong. I just I don't think he lasts the whole season. Uh, Tyler is the resident Falcons fan. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, so I wonder if uh, their intention is to play Cordero like that because uh, Damian Williams, I believe, started the game, did the first seven of ten snaps, and then he got hurt. Um, now, I still think he's going to be or or have the potential to have some high um, high value touches and things like that because uh, Cordero Patterson, but the volume, I don't see the volume lasting. And he didn't need the volume uh, to be effective. So it's not that he won't be effective, but the RB1 level, um, I mean, after people see that, I might see, I might just see what I could get from him as opposed to like riding it out and depending on him in the playoffs. That's fair. I mean, again, I, as a, a recovering Falcons fan myself, I certainly wish Cordero and the Falcons the absolute best this season. Um yeah, it's you know I want I wish them nothing but the success that they deserve. Um, I'll jump into my first storyline: Chiefs wide receivers. Who do you trust and how? Uh, if you're not named Travis Kelsey, just we I didn't see much in the game last night that really surprised me to an, to an extent. Yeah, you know that one guy caught a touchdown escapes my mind right now. Uh, Travis Kelsey though, he's amazing. Uh, after what you saw. 
how could you possibly pick one of them? I mean, you you can pick one. Who would you pick? Chiefs pass catcher, not named Travis Kelsey. I'm picking Juju just because he's done it before. Um, I still think there's some talent there. We've seen him have a really, really good fantasy season. I I, I think that that's where I'd go. Um, but honestly, it's probably going to pop from game to game. And it just, man, it, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Tyler, who could you trust long-term um, for the Chiefs? Long-term, I'm taking Sky. I'm taking Sky with the draft capital. I'm taking Sky more uh, with the ability. I'm taking Sky more uh, with uh, the chemistry that can be developed over the next few years. Um, this year, I have no idea. But long-term, Sky more. Dig it. Dig it. I mean, I, I they're all talented. I just I don't know which one to plug in safely every week uh, without feeling like I'm going to miss out on something. That's kind of what I'm getting at here. Yeah. So the next question mark is Buffalo backfield. Um, it's just a question mark. Like it seems like in that kind of a potent offense that we would have somebody who would be very startable. And I think at some point somebody is going to be startable. But who? Who would be startable? Where, where is it going to come from? Zach Moss had what? Uh, I can't remember how many targets. It, it was uh, more than six, uh, but it was like for 16 yards. Um, Zach Moss, is he now the pass catcher? I know he's better at pass protection. He's getting little dump offs. But like uh, Devin Singletary started the game where he was gashing dudes on the first couple drives. And then he just kind of got off the field and then James cook was drafted uh, for them in the second round. What's his role going to be? Um, I think he's going to have some rookie blues going, especially after that first fumble, he just needs to get his head right and kind of get into it. But at the same time, I don't know that you can trust any of them, but is somebody going to emerge It's again, theme ambiguous situation, What's going to happen? Is there any value that we can draw from it? I mean, the very clear answer to your question is Zach Moss. Very clear. Like, I've made nothing but my love for Zach Moss clear on this show. And that's the only person you can trust very clearly in the Buffalo backfield. Um, but realistically, it's Singletary is the only guy you can probably plug in as an, as an RB3 flex uh, comfortably just because he's going to see the majority of backfield situation. Um, the Zach Moss thing, I, I don't think will last, but uh, he's going to be there kind of a thorn in your side a little bit. But uh, Ben, do you have any insight on the Buffalo backfield situation? Yeah, I, I think that if I was going to own a guy, it's honestly still Singletary. Um, he seems to be getting the goal line work. If a running back is going to get the goal line work, but really, um, any of those guys is kind of just a flex play, and it's it's more of a wait and see. Um, but if I was gonna, you know, see what I could do, maybe I would offer a third round pick to each of the owners um, of of those different guys just to see what the heck happens. I don't know, you know, if if let's say if Zach Moss gets hurt and Cook just doesn't really seem to be the guy, does that mean all of a sudden Singletary is getting fifteen touches? Maybe it does, and I think maybe I'd make a minor investment just to own a piece of that offense um, and the potential that it could be. But really, it's uh, it's just 
Yeah. I don't know. Josh Allen just wants all of it. He just wants it all. Like I said, he's a greedy, needy man. I mean, Josh Allen will take the most value touches, especially at the goal line. And it's going to be Josh Allen. So uh, you're not counting on touchdowns. You're counting on volume. uh, And that's just not going to happen in the Buffalo backfield. Um, Let's move on to number two for uh, Mr. Ben here. What do you got? I just said, uh, is Tom Brady an alien? Like he certainly seems so. He just continues to be awesome. Somehow he is just the absolute best again and again. He is defying all age and and really everything. His command of that offense, his his understanding of when they need to run, when they need to throw. I just I just I'm never not impressed um, as someone ten years younger than Tom Brady to see him go out there. I played basketball with a bunch of like twenty four year olds today. And those guys are flying around like crazy dudes. And they're just random guys I work with. And here Tom Brady is against guys 20 years younger than him. And he is just out there dominating them all. And it's just unbelievable. The guy's an alien. I'm impressed by it. Every year I wonder, like, is is it just going to be the year, right? That he just doesn't look right. And every year he's out there throwing freaking darts to Julio Jones and Mike Evans and making guys look awesome. And, uh, and I, at some point it's going to be the year, but it's not this year. And, and also let's, I want to point out, I want to give Tyler a little bit of credit uh, from our, our last shows that we had uh, with Chris Godwin looking like he's going to miss some time that Julio Jones call out uh, very well might be. Uh, a high value situation for a lot of people this year. So do you have any uh, words you want to share about Julio before we move on? Julio uh, is who I thought he was. He is who I thought he was. And I'm so excited that he is able uh, to just show everyone that he's not too old, that he can continue to catch the pass down the field. He can continue to dominate and continue to not get you in the end zone because they could not get in the end zone. Uh, I was, I was blown away. I was like, you guys can't score a touchdown anyway. Um, Hey, real fast on the Brady thing. Um, let's just hypothetically say, Ben, you're a Dak owner. What would you pay for a title run for Brady? So we think I I'm, I'm just a single piece away. You're a single piece away. I just need, I just need a legit quarterback. I mean, if you think you're just a a single piece away and you can go out there and get a guy who has, you know, QB1 overall type of potential, you got to just go and and get that guy. Like I I would trade I'd trade a first round pick next year for him if uh if that's all I thought I was missing. Absolutely. That's not bad. Like I mean, I would if if I knew I was a quarterback away from getting that that's definitely in the realm of what I would do uh, to get Tom Brady. You know, Tom Brady is Tom Brady. He's going to be great. Um, definitely. I would, I would certainly do that as well. Right. So let me ask you this. I'm going to play the devil's advocate. Now I'm currently trying to pull this trade off, but I'm going to play the devil's advocate. He's 45 years old at 2023. I have a whole career ahead of them. Why would I make that kind of trade? I believe your words are, if my team gets better, it's worth the draft capital. Do I score more points? Uh, and I do with Tom Brady over arguably like, you know, Zach Wilson or something. So I do it for that reason. Cause the point of playing 
especially dynasty is to win the title. So a lot of people get too caught up with um, like aging their roster down, making sure they're not, they're too old or whatever. But like, do you want to be a young roster? Do you want to win a title? So yes, I would pay to win the title. If, if I was a Tom Brady away per se. My point being advice is if you're a DAC owner, you should, Tom Brady is the target for you. You get him back next year. You can even punt on the bad Cowboys this year, a la what we talked about yesterday. Why not? You got to go in. You got to try to win. Speaking of boom, I want to talk about the commander's wide receiver situation. Um, as a recovering Terry McLaurin supporter, I don't know who the wide receiver to have in Washington is uh, or vice versa. Is it all of them? that they're all playable to a point. Um, I know that Ben here is a huge Curtis Samuel supporter. Uh, he looked great uh, this past Sunday. Um, I was a Terry guy. Terry obviously just got paid, so you'd think they'd want to use him. Uh, Jahan Dodson also looked great uh, for being rookie producing. Um, so Carson Wentz is the quarterback. Obviously, we know how we all feel about Carson Wentz, but uh, do you have a receiver that you trust outside of just one, or are you kind of multiple uh, choice here with the the commanders wide receivers Ben why don't you start us off yeah so for me I I would say that I mean Terry's still the guy um Terry McLaurin is is still really good and I think that you have to put both of the other two behind him um at this point I would say that Dotson is still kind of a guy that I'm evaluating and looking I'm not starting him Curtis Samuels getting a flex play. Like I've made the decision. I am playing him in a flex on my, on my biggest, most important team on Sunday. Um, but I, would I play him in a wide receiver spot? I hope I wouldn't have to. Um, but I, I still think there's a pretty clear pecking order there, uh, which is Terry's a wide receiver. Uh, Samuels a flex and, and Dotson is, is still, we, we need to see it more than just week one. Tyler, how about yourself? Yeah, I think I agree with the ranking, but I don't know if I agree with or I and we may agree on this, but who I want in my lineup, who I want um, is Curtis Samuel, and the reason I'm going to say that is this: um, the dude's getting carries. The good, the dude is going to get. Uh, he already got eleven. Good, the good is going to get. He already got eleven targets last week. Um, they're manufacturing touches. He has a carved out role, whereas Terry McLaurin and Johan Dyson may be a seesaw from week to week. Now, Carson Wentz looked good this past week. Is he going to sustain that? I don't know. Can he sustain three options? Or Curtis Samuel is very easy touches to get and manipulate. So, like, the safest option for me is Curtis Samuel at this point because he's going to get four to five carries. Maybe that's an extra two to three points, maybe he runs one in, maybe he breaks one off. And then he's going to get out of 11 targets if he gets five to eight catches. Um, you have a very high floor. That is a very good flex, particularly related to your team. And it might be early enough that you still buy them where is you have Dotson, you have McLaurin. McLaurin's going to pull the coverage. Yeah, maybe he's the alpha. He's going to pull the, the main guys. It could open up for everybody else. But what's he going to get? And then Jahan Dotson, I mean, he had a great first week. He's also a rookie. I think he was definitely undervalued. Now he's probably overvalued. But the dude, um, 
I, I mean, it's, it's just all it, he's got great weapons, it's a great situation, but Curtis Samuel looks like the most consistent because Terry McLaurin is going to get his at some point. I hate agreeing so much with both of you because I feel like that's just like we're kind of moving through things. Currently, though, if I had to pick one wide receiver that I want, it would be Curtis Samuel, only because his relationship, obviously, with Ron Rivera, they know how to use him successfully. He's going to get carries still. He's going to get targets. And, and again, having been a Terry supporter, Terry's never been better than a wide receiver, too, for an entire season. Um, so just the amount of draft capital it's going to it's going to require to get him on your team is is too expensive for what I would want to spend to get him. And not to mention, you know, Terry's like 26, 27. So he's not like the youngest guy out there. Uh, Curtis Samuel's a little bit younger, I believe, and he's just more versatile from what I can tell on the roster. So, I mean, I'd pick Curtis Samuel. Terry's still great. Like, I don't want people to think that I'm trashing Terry. It's just we know what to expect with Terry, whereas Curtis Samuel seems like he's got a better floor. Um, ben, anything on Terry? I think that Terry's going to be good. Um, I think sometimes we look at guys who are good and we get upset at them because they're not great. Terry's going to be really good again. We all need a wide receiver too. Um, I, I still think he's the guy to try and own there. I think that he will be consistent. I love where both you guys are going with Curtis Samuel. I hope you're right. I feel like maybe I overhyped him because you guys seem more excited about what he did than I am in some ways, but uh, it, it's still just one week. They played the Jags. Like I, I don't want to overreact. I would still, if I was going to go after a Washington wideout, it would still be Terry Mack. All right. I can respect it. Um, we're going to actually go to Tyler here with your third question mark um, about the Rams offense, it looks like. Yeah, so the Rams offense, um, it's kind of twofold. One, is, are they really not going to use Cam Akers, right? Are they really not going to use him? Second week's a trend. I'm looking at that, looking at the running back splits. The other is, did we actually see um, – did we actually see what uh, – what the Rams offense is going to look like because the bills just absolutely dominated them. So what does the response look like? Uh, we talked earlier about this in the week, but I'm not going to rehash it, but Allen Robinson, uh, is, is he going to do something or is it just the nail in the coffin this week actually tells me a lot of that. Um, and then the other part is if it's not Allen Robinson with Van Jefferson coming back, what does that look like? Is Tyler Higby going to get seven cut catches for five yards? Um, you know, like what what is going to happen with all that? Matthew Stafford, um, Cooper Cup. All, the only thing we know is Cooper Cup's great. Like that's all we know, and everything else is up to par. It probably is comforting to know that even when they get dominated, Cooper Cup is going to go for one twenty and a touchdown. Um, but uh, everything else, man, there's so much value to be had in the Rams' offense. So you just kind of like this is the time to get in because that's probably the worst game that they're going to have uh, after playing the Bills uh, like that. So so are you confident that Stafford stays healthy? I know he said he felt okay in finger quotes. Are you worried at all that this is going to be a tumbling house of cards and the minute that something hits Stafford the wrong way, uh, the whole thing tumbles down? I mean, I think you've always kind of been worried with that with Stafford, the same you are with a lot of people in Stafford, but he's also a tough dude who plays through a lot of things. Um, 
So, and honestly, some of it is Stafford combined with McVeigh. Like I trust him to kind of work that out, uh, protect Stafford, protect uh, what he needs to do, get the routes going. Um, Cooper Cup being on all levels of the field, uh, whatever he needs to do uh, for that. So, um, yeah, I think he's going to be fine. Ben, what are your thoughts on like the offensive questions for the Rams here? I think that the Buffalo Bills are going to win 15 games. Um, I, I, I really think the Bills are only going to lose a couple times. I think there are only probably five other teams in the league who have a realistic chance of even keeping up with that team. Um, one very clearly being the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, but I think that that Bills team is really, really good. And if there was a team who we could just see an absolute turnaround from, in uh here in week two it it would be the rams i i'm not concerned there i think that they have a a great formula which is continue to throw cooper the ball um and it worked out pretty well they won a dog on super bowl i'm not uh i'm not too concerned about the rams yet i would need to see them struggle against not a team that other than a couple tip ball interceptions just didn't make a single mistake um on thursday night yeah, I think there's still, you know, good hope for the Rams. And I hope that uh, on this coming Sunday, we get some more questions about the Allen Robinson situation and maybe we see K-Makers being used more. Uh, we'll find out. I mean, they have a, a a much better matchup for them. So I hope they can, they can figure it out there. Um, we're actually going to, you know, I'll touch on my last point briefly, but we, we really did talk about it uh, and I neglected to change it uh, before today's episode is the Raiders offensive split. Uh, with Devontae obviously taking the majority of the touches and the targets. Um, unsure if, like, we talked about Hunter Renfro on Wednesday, unsure if he is going to be anything worthwhile long-term. Uh, Darren Waller, obviously, you know, still elite, got to start him at tight end. Um, th- the split seems pretty cut in the sense of, you know, Devontae Adams is going to see 12-plus targets a week. Uh, Tyler, do you have anything to add to the Raiders offensive split? We talked most about it on Wednesday. Yeah, let's move to the running backs real fast, like how they're using the running backs and what you think they should do. Yeah, uh, so, do, I mean, Jacobs was there, right? Um, right? Do you think Brandon Bolden at this point has any flex appeal? Because he seems like he was in there quite often. I I mean, he does, especially if they're winning, you know. But I I thought with maybe some coaching change or change of regime, they, they might just use the running backs a little more or a little more frequently. Looks like they're a little more involved in the uh, passing game you know, which is positive. Uh, however, the negative is Brandon Bolden, that's kind of his specialty. So that kind of depresses, again, Josh Jacobs' value. Um, there's a part of me that wonders if they should, with Josh Jacobs on the year that he's in, not investment after this, if they would just give him the rock as much as they can just to be able to do some of the, some of the things that they need to do. When the, the fact is, in the last few years, is that when they've given him the ball, and he scores or he has a dominant game, they win. And so that's the only thing that kind of shocks me in the whole Raiders situation. And I think they, they're on the verge of an epiphany, you know, but they were playing a lot of catch-up with the Chargers. The Chargers were ahead for almost two scores the entire game. Um, the, I think that split uh, is something to pay attention to. And also they didn't use Zemir White. I don't know if that's because it was – probably because he's a rookie and it's early in the season and everybody overreacts their preseason – 
Um, that does happen all the time. This is the humbling moment for everybody who was like, hey, look at George Pickens um, and how much he's going to do. I'm one of those. Uh, but uh, those kinds of guys, those rookies, the way that plays out, Zamir White, what's he going to do later in the year? It doesn't really matter. Josh Jacobs looks like the guy. Brandon Bolden's coming in behind it. Amir Abdullah did absolutely nothing with it after all the hype in the preseason. So, like, does that continue to play out? Was that a game script thing? What happens when they're in the lead? Yeah, I mean, I Brandon Bolden could be, like, a deeper spot. You know, if an injury happens, I'm not sure he's a, a weekly flex situation, but uh, Jacobs should still be most of the running back situation. Ben, anything to add about the Raiders running backs? You're in a PPR uh, and you think you can pick him up on waivers. You got a roster spot. I'd grab Brandon Bolden. If that guy can catch five passes a game, he is, he is worth a flex spot in, in a PPR league. Um, especially if, you know, he's turning those five catches into 40, 50 yards, he's getting five, six carries. I, I'm just saying I can see a James White esque role um, out of Brandon Bolden there possibly, and, uh, maybe not be what people think of as the RB one, but can be a, a, a fantasy RB two kind of flex type of guy. I think that that's interesting. What I really want to see though, more than the running back situation there is kind of how does the wide receiver slash Waller target share end up looking? I, I don't think that Devonte is going to get 17 looks again. Um, but we'll see. I mean, he had probably the sickest move of anyone on Sunday. If you haven't seen it, go back and look at the play where Devontae just absolutely shakes a guy with a little shoulder shimmy and gets open by about 12 yards. Um, still wasn't as open as the Packers somehow left Justin Jefferson, but uh, did get himself ridiculously open on, on a great play. But I, I don't think that the 17 targets is sustainable there, but how does it actually shake out? That's the most interesting question for me. And the question that I want to finish on is Ben's last question here. We mentioned the Packers leaving Justin Jefferson, a whole bunch of real estate. So talking about the Packers, Ben, what's your question? Question of the Packers is, can you start a Packer wideout? Um, I did. I started Kristen Watson in a league that thankfully I also started Patrick Mahomes. And so I still won. Thanks, Pat. Um, you've done that a lot for me. He has made up for some really poor decisions on my part over the last couple of years. But, uh, you know, the, nobody looks great. Uh, uh, Dubes, Dobbs. How do we say it? Are we sure we know how I to say it? I think it's Dobbs. I think it's Dobbs, too. That's what I heard on the broadcast. Um, but so Dobbs had 37 yards. Watson should have had like 90 and he should have housed one um, because Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers laid one out perfectly in his hands. And the dude just dropped like a gift um, that was going to be six, but I don't know if you can start a pack of wide receiver right now, unless you have some really bad options. Uh, and if you are, it's just kind of a high upside play. We'll, we'll see, man. Um, I'm not, I'm not convinced that any of them is a good start right now. Um, I want them to be, I, I would love to see Dobbs or Watson really emerge as a, you know, awesome Aaron Rodgers target there. But I, I think we're hoping and waiting for Alan Lazard to come back, to be honest. Yeah. Now the question is, can you start one? You can now, should you start one? Probably not. Um, yeah, no, so like realistically looking at watching the game that I did, 
Um, Watson looked like he had the most upside to me. So he, he's who I would want longer term is what I'm trying to say. I wouldn't start him next week uh, or I would start him this coming Sunday. But like he, he seems like the kind of guy that I would want maybe in like week seven and onward after he has more time to figure it out with with Aaron Rodgers. But I think right now you're you're almost stuck with only starting AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. Um, and honestly, if you if you're a, a dynasty guy and you got Aaron Rodgers, I'm not sure. Like he's Aaron Rodgers, so you almost have to start him because he is Aaron Rodgers. But like, can you confidently start this guy after putting up four points last week? Tyler, what do you think? Run that back again. Can you confidently start Aaron Rodgers after his bad first week? I had uh, Christian Watson in my head, and I was like, that's not who you asked. Um, you can start Aaron Rodgers because he owns the Chicago Bears. Like, he's a part owner. Um, and because he's a part owner, you can start him, uh, especially in a super flex league. Uh, the dude's going to bring his championship belt. He's going to discount double check him all over their stuff, even if he has to run it in, even if he throws it to Tanyan. Aaron Jones calling it big week this week. Uh, seven catches, probably two touchdowns, probably over 100 yards receiving. Um, and uh, A.J. Dillon is going to punch one in as well. Um, I think this week he's going to go to the guys he trusts. After uh, something like that, he's going to tell everybody to relax. Uh, Aaron Rodgers will be fine this week because he owns the Bears. Aaron Rodgers is still one of the three most talented quarterbacks to ever play in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers is ridiculously good. Um, and he will figure it out. You should continue to start Aaron Rodgers. If you don't, you risk a dude dropping 40 and you feeling like an idiot. In one QB leagues, would you start him? Absolutely. All right. I can respect it. Tyler, what wide receiver would you want? Like, which one intrigues you the most long term? The one that intrigues me the most long-term is simply because he wasn't drafted in the first round is Dobbs. Like he, he, he could literally, he has the potential just to be exponentially better than what his draft capital or what it costs you to be on his team. Uh, like he third round in some rookie drafts, fourth round, maybe not even drafted at times, depending on how far your rookie draft goes. And the dude, I mean, it sounds like he's really good. And, you know, he, he eats lunch with Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if he eats lunch as much as he might get Aaron Rodgers' lunch uh, for him and then gives it to him and then goes sits where he's supposed to because Aaron Rodgers is going to tell him what to do and where to go. Uh, but with that said, um, you know, he, he just has uh, the potential just – even if he's like Randall Cobb for his career or something like that, like when you draft a guy that low in the in the NFL draft and then he hits to even a wide receiver too, it's just an immeasurable value uh, for that. Whereas Christian Watson, guys are taking him 110. Um, and so that that value is kind of there just because he's going to go play with with uh, Aaron Rodgers. Man, one thing I'd like to point out about the Packers wide receivers too. A guy who some folks took as early as the second round uh, last year in fantasy drafts didn't see the field um, on a Packers offensive play, and that's Amari Rodgers. That dude is sitting on one of my taxi squads. I got him as kind of a throw-in in another deal. I honestly don't even remember what the deal was, but he seems to be totally irrelevant. 
I'm going to keep him on my taxi because there's nothing that, that doesn't hurt me to keep him there because I can't add anybody else at this point. But if this keeps up, that dude's getting cut at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, might not be the end of the year. He's just, he's what, returning kicks now? I mean, and you got like, like Winfrey can return kicks too. And and Amari Rogers just doesn't seem to have it. But uh, gentlemen, what a week, huh? Ready for some football on Sunday? I appreciate you guys being back here with us. That's going to end our show for the week. Man, I'm just excited to watch some football on Sunday. Uh, ben, any final thoughts for the Tecmo team before they take off this week for their fantasy matchups? Man, I found out uh, today that I'm going to a Packer game on October 2nd. This will be the first Packer game in the flesh for me. Very excited about that and so just kind of thinking about that when you say football right now that's where my head goes so i'll make sure to give a quick two minute uh update to the tecmo folks out there and telling you how how the lambo experience was so awesome love it tyler how about you any advice for our tecmo team uh this is what you need to do hit that plus uh drop some review five stars uh even if you don't listen download we love you guys. Uh, shouts to Adam Brokaw for um, he wanted one, so I'm, I'm going to just give him one. Uh, he won a title last year. It was a complete fluke. He never should have beat me. Shouts uh, to him. I'm going to get in a fight with Tyler. You should absolutely listen to our podcast. I don't know what you're talking about. Don't you dare just download it. Listen to it. It's good. It's entertaining. Listen all the way to the end because Tyler and I will get into a fight in the credits. Uh, thanks for listening, folks. And don't forget to hit us up on Twitter at Tecmo Bros. Good luck this week, Tecmo team. We'll catch you all next week.